Ninjas vs. Monsters, starring Alexia, written and directed by Justin, is now available to buy at ninjasvs.com. That's ninjasvs.com. Or you can rent it on iTunes or Xbox or Comcast, wherever you do that stuff. So go to ninjasvs.com or rent it, buy it, check it out right now. Just check it out. It's even got on the DVD at ninjasvs.com a commentary that's basically a Trek off show with me and Alexia just talking over the film. So go to ninjasvs.com. You really want to see this one. Ninjas vs. Monsters at ninjasvs.com or rent it on Xbox, iTunes, or Comcast. Okay, enjoy the show. Warning, the following contains plot spoilers and naughty language. That means explicit content. And the comments and opinions expressed herein are for entertainment and commentary purposes only and may not reflect the actual opinions of Geeks Radio or the individual hosts. So don't get mad. It's just a show. It's time for Trek Off. Enterprise Double D. Welcome to Trek Off. My name is Justin. <laughs> and my name's Alexia. And today. <laughs> and today. Oh, there's listen, so much going on. There's so yeah, much today, going on. Yeah, today, here's the thing. Um, level of exhaustion right now is is not great. Yeah, so no. for either one of us, so no, but you win. Like, like you, you, like I don't know how much you want to talk about your shit, but your shit is worse than we just said off air. These words, your shit's worse than my shit right now. So, <laughs> so like truly, like, I like I, haven't slept in like a week or something. Or like more. your shit, your your shit's like half. your your shit's like where my shit was like two years ago when the shit with ninjas versus monsters that was the shit was ha- you know it's like like yeah. like there's there's ebbing and flowing. Yeah, um, <laughs> there's just uh, and there's so yeah. I just I feel yeah. like I know that I've been told as never apologize, but here's the thing: if I am weird and or loopy and say things that make no sense, no, be, be prepared. <laughs> remember, well, remember when I like started the show teasing you that one time we got like 40 minutes through a show and then we had to scrap it. Yes. It's one of our three lost shows. There's that show. There's the show where I insulted a celebrity and I went off for 10 minutes on a celebrity and then we yanked it. And there's our religion show. And that's, that's right. the only the only three shows that we did and deliberately scrapped. Yeah. So there you go. And none of you will ever hear it. No. Ever. They're in the vault. So here we go. Let me do this. Um, um, one, uh, I, I believe in God and Justin Bieber's an asshole. Um, and nah, nah, Alexia, you're stinky. There. Boom. We did all three shows. <laughs> there, all three shows. That's what boom, they were. Boom, there boom. you go. Boom. And by the way, done. I feel perfectly comfortable insulting Justin Bieber. I know I'm okay you do. with that. I'm I do. Okay with it. You I'm shouldn't doing, you know, be, though. Like, he's still a person. He's a person who decides to pee on his fans. So I listened to, and Wait, literally. Wait, what? Yeah, no, he 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 peed on his, I think, or or maybe he just Wait. spat on his fans. Maybe he just dumped water in his fans. He did something bad to his fans. I mean, water is one thing because that's just, that could be like playful and in fun. But there's, I don't there's, I don't see any way you take being there's video on and, and so, as so, like okay, fun. <laughs> one of the reasons I hate Justin Bieber so much is one of the podcasts I listen to has a segment about Justin Bieber. Um, and copyright them, copyright uh, Hollywood Babylon. But they have a, uh, a a a song that goes, Justin Bieber, nobody fucking needs ya. You want to know why? I'll tell you why. And then the whole audience yells, because you're a little cunt. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and so and then they have the Justin Bieber. C-word and everything. That's and then harsh. They, and then they have Justin Bieber news immediately after. And the Justin Bieber news this week um, was that uh, the guy who was opening for him, there's this video of him watching him, then pulling out a cigarette and burning him with the cigarette. And then the guy loses what? his temper. 
He loses temper, grabs Justin Bieber by the throat. It looks like something's going to happen. They get pulled apart, and then two hours later, the guy releases a uh, a, a tweet going, nah, just kidding, guys. I was just kidding. I, I was just kidding. Biebs and I are cool, which means, of course, like Bieber's people got to him and said, you better say right now that that was a joke or you get kicked off the tour. Like clearly, it's it could not be more transparent. Wow. That's but it's like I imagine, mean, is it not just to play devil's advocate? Is it not possible that the whole thing was in fact bullshit just to get people riled up and get and get eyes and attention? Because like there's they say no, you know, there's no bad publicity. No, I don't, I don't, I don't, don't think, think so. That? Because one, he, like a year ago, he did an apology tour where he ran ran around to everyone going, "I'm sorry, I've been such a dick to everyone. I'm really trying to change my ways." And then he like it's it's like it's what happens. It, it's what happens when you have a a like a, a kid who is suddenly thrust into fame and fortune. It's, right, it's, and then just gets everything he wants when he wants all it. All the time, no moment, matter what. All and the it's time, just like, and so like doesn't understand that. Becomes like, a sociopath, not a, yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's not appropriate to not care about other people. That's yeah, not and, and so And so like in the context of hearing this segment every week when they do it, like you just hear every week uh, him doing another thing, him like like egging his neighbor's house when he's like 25, him like just just shit that he constantly does. Like it's constant. It's yeah. I mean, to constant. be clear, here let me be let me be clear about something. Like like I said, I, I do feel like he's a human being, and that you know I try not sure. to lambaste human beings as a general rule. Characters is another thing because they're not real people. Um, but like uh, by that same token, uh, I, I think I read an article about him not that long ago in, in Rolling Stone, probably. Um, and and I felt like he's kind of a douche. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think I like the dude. Like, I don't think like, you know how would you there are certain people like 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 Nathan Fillion, right? Like, I feel like I would just like dig hanging out with that guy. Like, I feel like we would be friends and we'd have a good time and it would be fun. Kevin right? Smith, same thing. Yeah. Kevin Smith, same thing. Absolutely. And I just the feeling I get with Bieber is that like I would not enjoy hanging out with this person. Like, I don't. No. I wouldn't want to talk with. I don't think we have anything in common. I wouldn't want to chat with him. I wouldn't want to hang out. But like, that's fine. Like, just go do your own thing. But like, you know what I mean. So I don't like him. But like, I don't. I don't want to wish people ill. As a general rule. Oh, I don't <laughs> wish him ill. I. You know what? I, I do wish. I do wish him this amount of ill. I want his career to implode. That's what I want for Justin. Yeah, Bieber. I almost want that just because I think it would be good for him as a human being, like as a growth and the rest experience, of us. No, right? and the rest of us, and and like and just sort of like the, I want the word to be out there that people will turn on you. For yeah, being I think that would be a like, good I message. Be I don't like, want to be the, like you like, can't just be a dick. Guys of the overdose, you know. I don't want I don't want him to go like the way of Corey Haim or something. You know, I want it to be that all his fans turn on him. He loses his career. He can't sell concert tickets, mm-hmm. and it's over. And he has to go sell insurance or something. Um, and the rest of the people out there find out that if you're really mean, and I don't mean just kind of a dick, a lot of actors and musicians are dicks. I mean, that's just like the shit I hear about Ben Stiller. Like I go, okay, well, he sounds like kind of a dick, the stuff that I've heard. But it's not right. like this. It's not like like there's being kind of a dick and then there's, you know, burning people. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like there's a lie there. Like there's like it's almost like you can kind of accept. All right. If you're a celebrity, you're overly arrogant. Whatever. Hey, (laughs) welcome to Trek Off. We talk about Star Trek and also sometimes penises. Um, Or in other news, uh, we talk about penises and also sometimes Star Trek. Um, What about that? Why we got to underrepresent that? How was your Trek week? Um, As I said, um, I haven't been sleeping or like participating in normal life so i haven't watched any trek 
I have like watched nothing, basically. Well, that's not true. I've had to watch bad TV that I've been subjected to, but that's not the same thing. Because they don't have good channels in the hospital, but um, but I have not ha- I have not been able to do my things, which would include watching Star Trek. All right, so yeah, and let's go. Let's let's like we don't want to like let listeners know everything going on with you. But when she says in the hospital, you're fine, right? Oh yeah, no, yeah. I'm fine. You're fine. I'm <laughs> fine. I don't. Sorry, see, I don't always think these things through <laughs> yeah. when I say them. Like I'm just like obviously I'm fine. I'm here. Duh. Like why does that need to? <laughs> It's like it's like Mr. A gets cast in a play and in the play he dies and you just go, It's been hard since Mr. A died and you say nothing <laughs> else. Like, right. <laughs> it was like it's like when I called so did I tell you how upset Mr. A got me? Like when I when I called you that time to help me with my bleeding eye or whatever that had happened. Yeah. And like I had opened the conversation with him saying, So these guys came to the door and he like lost his shit immediately, like, Who are they? What were their names? And I'm like, Whoa, 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 shit. Okay, let me back up a second. I have not been assaulted. Like, um, but I just again, didn't think. Again, hold on, hold on. For context, <laughs> she sent me a picture of her with a bleeding eye, and 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 we talked about it. So they, they don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> Sorry, I told it's you. Like I'm really. Time we did this other thing that we're. I to- gonna, I'm going to be troublesome today. I told you, my Star-Tron. brain is so, fragmented. So, okay, so, all right, I'll, I will. I will start with my thing. Um, unless you want to, you had a thing you want to talk about. So do you want to talk? No, about do do your thing. That's All fine. Right, so, so there is news. There is, oh man, it's going to be a great time to do a Star Trek podcast because there is news about the new Star Trek TV show. Oh my um, God, it's totally what I want to talk about too. Oh really? Yes. Have you read the same news? No, but I, so maybe I should go first. All right, go first. And I don't know. Like, cause what I want, what I want, well, so I guess, okay, maybe not. Hold on. Um, go um, do it. Say it. No, wait, hold on. What if is what you're gonna say have to do with anything to do with like the captain or casting no, decisions? Not at all. Then do then do yours first. Except that it could be Sulu. Really? Which I don't want. No, it's not going to be Sulu. Is there some rumor to that effect? Because I don't. No, no. I'll tell you. So, well, there there are a lot of rumors about who it might be. The biggest rumor I've actually heard is Angela Bassett. Um, I'm a fan of that rumor. Um, but, uh, so there are two conflicting rumors right now about what timeline the movie is going to be set in. And the, uh, first rumor that I've heard is it's set in the timeline, um, between, uh, Star Trek six and Star Trek, the next generation, or maybe like post enterprise B pre enterprise, uh, D, uh, timeline. Um, interesting. And then, and then the other timeline uh, that I've heard is that it's post nemesis. What I like about both of these is that they're both prime timelines. Agreed. I think I dig that too. Of the two, which would you want? Um, huh. That is an interesting question. As you think, I'll start. Um, yeah. Uh, I would say aesthetically, can I say, even though I know they spent gobs of money on DS9 and Voyager and their, and their sets and their costumes, way more than they ever spent on the Star Trek films. They spent a ton of money on those shows. Mm-hmm. I always liked, more than the original series look, more than any of the other next-gen looks, the look of the of the set and the costumes from like Star Trek 2 to 6, I've always loved that look. It always looked very real to me. More everything else looked kind of like a costume. Maybe it's because there were so many colors 
Um, but that look with the red jacket and the way the sets looked and the way the computers on the sets looked, they always – Because there's like a grittiness to it, right? I don't like, even say gritty. A, a realism to it. And I think they tried to get that realism back in Enterprise, but it just... I mean, I think that's why. I think that's why. I think it's the grittiness because it's not It's not as shiny. It's not as executive looking, right? Does that make, does that make sense, what I'm saying? Yeah, but it doesn't seem gritty like... like no, I mean, it's not gritty like Battlestar Galactica, but it's like gritty by comparison. Do you know what I mean? Like, it's... it's, it's it's functional. It's functional. It yeah. feels lived in. It feels like. Yeah, it's it that's what I'm like saying. It's was, not like they like like said. The like Enterprise, it, the Enterprise D does not feel like the bridge of a starship. I love the Enterprise D. I, I mean, it. it does and it doesn't, but it, it's very put hold together. On, hold on, bullshit! I love the Enterprise D, but really, you're gonna have a back row where everybody has to stand. Oh. Hey, hey now, everyone, but think about it. Think about the people that have to stand. It's security. It's the people that have to be the most alert. Think about it. Yes, that, that's what you want. You want your security officers at the end of a 10-hour shift to have been standing in one place. Well, I think it'd be a lot harder for you to fucking fall asleep on your feet, yes? Um, You've got to be made of sterner stuff. You have to be able to fucking stand your whole shift. I'm I just saying. Yes. I that's what, I, I mean... Know. I'm just saying there's a pot- there's a potentially kind of a logic there that like oh. think about it when you're at the office like let's let's compare it to something we can compare it to that we have right. like it, it, it in no way feels like they're trying to cram three levels of people into a four by three shot. It in, <laughs> <laughs> it in no way feels like they put two people down and why you, why you gotta bring why center. you gotta bring why you gotta bring that into it like the reality Cause there because why you gotta talk about the shot man well and that's Fuck. why I re- that's one of the things i really liked about deep space nine was that ds9 like maybe that's why it always felt so big i never felt like there was that shot that they're doing like whereas next gen feels like here are the five shots we're doing here um uh, so I don't know. There's something about like the, the original series bridge always looked a little cardboard. The next gen bridge always looked a little framed. Uh, DS nine and Voyager, their bridges were fine. And enterprise, their bridges are fine. Um, and I love deep space nine. I love the look at deep space nine. Um, but it's the bridge didn't have much character. I always felt like that, 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 that Star Trek original series movie bridge and the costumes, it always just felt the most real to me. I don't know. That's how it always felt to me. So I like the, I mean, I can understand why you, why you would feel that way is what I'm saying. I I get that. Like there, it makes a sort of sense to me, but, (laughs) but but I don't want them to put the, the, the the show there. I don't. I mean, yeah, the, the I think the reason I'm reluctant for them to put the show there is because I am concerned that with all the technology and the, the stuff that we have now, like, I don't want it to look like the movies look. Like, where they're in this, we're in the past, and yet everything looks more shiny and new and, you know, crazy than any of the stuff on the shows. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, in the I later think, shows. I, I think I if we something. go forward, it, it frees them up to come up with their own aesthetic a little bit, to go ahead and, and feel free to be a little fancier um, and have it's that funny, not be as weird. You should say free, right? Um, is, is because the problem with doing a show and I and I want to talk about the other thing I've heard about the show. But the problem with doing a show in that era, um, in my opinion, is that it uh, you're really curtailed as to what you can do. I don't see how you get seven years out of it. I really don't. Like, what revelations are we going to have? 
Like, like. Oh, you mean because of the time frame that we're dealing with in between, like, like from like one. It's really, it's it's it's. It's really, kind of a short time frame from that perspective, I suppose. Yeah, there's it's it's a period of ninety years. We know the major th- events that happen in those 90 years we know what the universe is like um, yeah but wasn't there a part of you that would be interested that would be jazzed to see what that looked like to see how those go down well so my answer to that um i can answer in because like in the movie i remember when we saw the you know him take on the kobayashi maru like that was yeah. huge like i loved getting to finally yeah, was, see how that, that went that down was five minutes if that granted this I'm just gotta, saying, like, if is, there's epic gotta, things that we know of in history, this is uh, gonna fill 26 hours or 22 hours or something. Like, that's that's tough to like. I so here's here's the one way I think it would work, and not just 26, but like that's like a uh, per season. This is the other thing I heard about the show. You said you're a fan of American Horror Story, right? Uh, yes, I am indeed. All right, it's an anthology show, correct? That's the idea. Every season is different, a different story. They use oh, yeah, it's, vi- it's completely and utterly different. Yeah, it's so not like under- the same characters. It's just the same people, my understanding like same is actors. That, well, they won't use the same actors, but my understanding is that the other thing they're thinking of doing with the show is making every season its own thing. Interesting. Which I love. I fucking adore that idea. One season with a very specific story told post star trek six is amazing and then a second season which is post nemesis where you meet another captain and another crew that we can sit here and fucking talk about forever and ever um is amazing and then another season i mean i guess yeah because if you think about it is amazing then then it's like where you just see what it's like on earth is like i love this concept of of you explore the final frontier in a season by season long form storytelling um, that is all huge pieces of the puzzle put together. And I think the thing that really entices me about that, I mean, if you don't mind my sort of pontificating endlessly, the thing that really entices me about that is that we, I don't know. It's like you get, you get like the chance to, not, first of all, but you get many, many captains, and that's what I love is you get many captains, many ships, many opportunities to just geek out and just go nuts um, with like, can you imagine our show if instead of like five captains to talk about, we ended up having, you know, 30 captains to talk about over the course of the next, I mean, 30 years, whatever. I mean, we imagine if we had all those ships, all those different things to think about. I think that that would be, I don't know, that seems like the ideal situation. So anyway, that's just sort of my thought on it. Yeah, I mean, I hear what you're saying, and and and, on, and also I feel like like what's cool about that concept is is in a way like so I I, I guess I'm sort of split right. On the one hand, it's neat because um, we have more characters, uh, and if we don't like it, right, then it's only like a season of awful, right? It's only like one season of oh well, that was poop, fuck that shit, um, versus you know, seven seasons if we don't like it. (laughs) Like, just holding out, hoping it gets better or whatever. But on the other hand, if I really like it, then I'm going to be sad that I don't get to have more of it. Well, I mean, but I think there's, there are a couple things. One, here, here, here are the things that, um, that I, like, wouldn't you, like, say, say it was so awesome. Like, somebody that just, like, 
that you just fell yeah, in love always, with. But you can always go back. I mean, that's the thing. Right, but then you're watching the same scene, but it's not new. It's not like I want to see them do new things. Like, no, it almost, mean, though, like, I'm worried that it'll feel like, like Firefly. You know what I mean? Like, I fell in love with all of them, and then it was over. Yeah, but, <laughs> it was like, uh, but maybe it'll uh, feel like, maybe it'll feel like Clone Wars, where, uh, where... Oh, I haven't watched that, so. Okay, but from my point of view, Clone Wars was canceled and ended abruptly by Disney, right? Disney abruptly canceled it when it took over over Star Wars. Um, Elements of Clone Wars and storylines from Clone Wars um, were picked up and and in some cases uh, brought to a satisfying conclusion by Star Wars Rebels. Um, Even though Rebels takes place like 20-something years later, um, you meet characters from Clone Wars and they're like base w- without it not in a boring like history lesson type of way but they're like, they're like well here's what happened well they just kind of show up and you're like oh cool look who it is you they're, get they're excited cool, they look who it is and they kind of tell you what they've been up to they kind of tell you what they did during episode 3 and what they did after the Republic fell apart and then Empire started and you like and so it's like you managed uh. to pick up you get to pick up threads so how cool would it be if you meet a character in like season one and then that character as you know let's say that character is like you know 18 years old in season one and then you meet that character as a 50 year old man as a side character in season two well that i mean that's certainly there's something interesting to be had there as a the character you meet as a you know as a 60 year old in season two then in another storyline, which is like 20 years back, you see them in season three with one of the other. You know, I mean, you there's mean, definitely like, something interesting to be said about like, I, I hear what you're like. There's an excitement of, the of world that building. The, the yeah, agreed. But the difference, I think the key difference here is like how many seasons were there of Clone Wars before it was done? Uh, six. Right. Um, you know what I mean? Like, but, but there's but, a there's a sense of like, you still got to know them. And, and so. I don't know if you'll feel quite that same level of excitement to have them show up three seasons later if you only knew them for like half a season or something. So here's so here here are you know the I mean? two. Yeah, I do. Here here are the two things. Um, two conflicting ideas. The first idea is that most shows that are long running and all of the Star Treks except the original series, the first season is the worst one. Right, that too. Because, <laughs> like, because, because like that most shows, I, I wouldn't even say just Star Trek, but like most shows, it takes Buffy, a while to get Buffy, your footing. Yeah, Buffy, Angel. You, I heard it put this way: it takes a while to figure out what your show knows how to do well. Yeah. So you know, you have so, you have an idea, you put the, the pieces together, so and you then you flow that, with like it, you, and then you refine it, and it gets better and better. You know, like yeah, you, you watch the first season of Angel, for instance, and it is it is a show in flux. You start with one cast, that cast changes, a main character dies. I don't know, I like season one better than all of the other, the rest of Angel, well, so maybe because, that's a bad person. Well, that's because season one is the most like Buffy. Season one is an extension of Buffy. By the end, by season three, it is completely different. Yes, it is completely than, off than the rails Buffy. and no, totally no, different. It, it's totally different than Buffy. <laughs> it is its own it is its own thing. It's saying yes, its own for, thing. for worse, but it's its own thing. And I, I disagree agree with you. I think that season I know you do because you're crazy. All of Buffy and Angel. Put you're fucking in. nuts. Like, sort of fly. Five. Like, I would season like to submit. Get help. <laughs> like, seriously. Get fucking uh, help. This uh, is not good. It's but, bad TV, Justin. <laughs> but season one of Battlestar is astounding. And season one of Lost is astounding. And yes. And then it drops off, right? Of season one of Once Upon a Time is fucking phenomenal. And like, even I can admit by now, it's starting to get a little bit. <laughs> um, 
So maybe there's a sense of, well, what we can do is if we know that all we, and there are great things like, like weird little shows like Wayward Pines, which if you haven't seen, those of you who no. haven't seen Wayward Pines, go out, look it up on Hulu. I'm going to acknowledge the elephant in the room real quick. And I'm not talking about Justin Bieber's fucking ego. Um, the the truth is is that is that we have we have had a um, a farting out of some technical stuff, um, which has meant that uh, Alexi has had to call in um, using her phone. So yes, you're case, welcome. That's why that's why I sound more poopy. Yeah. So well, no, 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 no. Actually, Sorry. the reason is is that you have traveled to a far and distant land that is far yes, more exciting. It's because I'm in. Yes, I'm in space. What's it like I'm in space? Enterprise. It's What's beautiful. it like out there? There's Not all boring. Kinds of Whoa! Hold hey, on. hey, Hello. it's Kevin. Hi. It's, it is. It is. Is the illustrious, nefarious, and difficult to reach Kevin Benner. Hey, how are you? <laughs> Good. How are you? Good. Welcome Doing... to Trek Off. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, I probably interrupted something. No, it's it's no, okay. We, Actually, you know it's, what? It's totally fine. <laughs> we've just been we've been having some technical difficulties tonight. So. so she had to call back on her phone too, which just happened like ten seconds ago. Um, yeah. So let's see. We're probably good timing because it'll be like we'll just start with the Kevin interview. We'll know where to start when we get back. Yeah, that's exactly. Oh wait, so I can get rid of what I just said. Uh, I can do this. And go. Hey, the reason the audio has just changed, the reason our subject has just changed, the reason everything's just changed is that Kevin Bender has called in and Alexia, in order to support him, has decided to call in from her phone too. Uh, which thereby, which thereby, she, she's, like, she's like, hey, if he's going to sound like he's on a phone, I want to sound like I'm on a phone and it's not because my computer is completely pooping out. That's not no, because of that. Not that at all. At, not all. at all. Kevin it's Bender, welcome. I love Kevin so much. Thank you. Welcome to our show. Um, uh, for those of you who don't know, um, I got to meet Kevin only once, but Alexia knows him real well. So I'm going to let you intro our fine guest today. Wow. I don't know about real well. That's, that's excessive. I wasn't expecting that. When well, my brain doesn't work. Not too. in a sexy um, way. <laughs> you made it sound like I know him intimately, and now I can assure you, Kevin's blushing right now. Um, <laughs> well, no, I, I did. I did get to witness Alexia motorboating somebody at the bar in Clifton. What you motorboating somebody else? Suicide premiere. Alexia, you did I motorboat Amy? Did that happen? Yes, <laughs> I yes. probably did. It doesn't surprise me. <laughs> Alexia motorboating. I, think I might even have a picture of that. Alexia oh, motorboating somebody else is like it, it's like somebody deciding to drive a Hummer when there's a tank there. Like just it doesn't know. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> in that, in that, you are usually the motorboatee, and usually I'm a Hummer. True. Usually a Hummer I'm... drives a tank. Is my point. <laughs> that's, I see where you're going with that. I got what you're saying. Did you not know? Um... Did you not? That's what Hummers do. They drive tanks. Yeah, someone out, someone needs to get out there on Facebook land and make that meme of a Hummer like driving a tank and just go the best ever. Anyway, uh, tell tell us about Kevin. Anyway, uh, so yeah. here's, yeah, here, here, here's where I'll um, – I have a story about Kevin um, that has to do um, – so he's, he's actually – I know him because he's the director of Quantum Suicide. Um, what is Quantum was, Suicide for those who are just uh, chiming that, in? That is the, the film that uh, we did. A few years ago, Quantum Suicide of Sophie Miller, um, and it was written by a friend of mine, uh, and Matthew Marcus, and he said, hey, I know a guy uh, who might be willing to direct it, and I was like, really? Well, you should go give him a fucking call. <laughs> 
And so um, they had already done a movie together. It was called The Receipt, I believe. And uh, Kevin was it's phenomenal. Like, I'll met, like the first time I think we met with him, like at I mean, I was some fucking restaurant. I can't remember where, but like he had. Like, I was a um, the Greek place in Vienna. Uh, I was in that place. Oh, was it? Okay, was it uh, Amphora? Yeah. Is that where we were? Really? Yeah, 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 oh. Amphora. Good on yeah. you. I had no idea where we were, but I but like he had like a fucking like thick folder, like a big binder. He had like sort like I was like, damn, dude, he's like for real. Like I kind of just expected a dude to like show up, and be like, yeah, let's do this thing. It sounds good. Like I don't know what I saw, but like he came all like professional, like and had like all this great equipment and like. Why would you know, expect that? Why that? Why was that something you would expect from a director, Alexia? I, I, I don't know Why if the only experience with the director was you. Probably. <laughs> I know. Shut up. Son of a bitch. <laughs> Not nice. You know I love you, Dustin. Watch it. Well, here, here, here's how we make Alex saying, hey, Alexia, who's your favorite film director you've worked with? No, I'm just, that's terrible. <laughs> right. Yeah, let's do that to me right now. Let's do that. You both, the best thing. Here's the thing. I love you both in different ways, okay? You have your strengths and your weaknesses. They are <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Um, but anyway, he has, um, he's sadly left directing, I hope not for forever, um, and is now a lawyer. Um, and I'm sure he will be a fabulous yes, one. So welcome, Kevin Bender. <laughs> welcome. Hi, welcome. So, uh, so what, so, okay, Kevin, so are you, are, I guess that's, let's hit, hit that first question in the room. Are you done directing? Or do you see a future wherein you go, you know, it's time to make another one? Um, I mean, I think for the foreseeable future, the life of a first-year associate at a large law firm is not exactly a life that gives you a significant amount of free time. So at least for the first number of years, I mean, I just don't see how you'd have the time. I mean, I think I invested oh, I don't know, three or 4,000 hours probably in making crime suicide. Yeah, yeah. And, more. and, you know, when you work 12 hours a day, six days a week, you just don't have the, the time to put into movie making that it, you know, deserves. Um, surely a occasional five-minute thing here or there wouldn't be completely out of the question, but certainly no feature is at least not for the the next few number of years, but well, you could, you, know. you could always do the Trek off the motion picture, uh, way of doing it, which is to start shooting one year and then finish four years later, because that's, <laughs> that's how you really keep the audience engaged is by they, never. They well, I mean, you could, you, we, we pulled the same thing with quantum suicide, not so much with the shooting, but with the, you know, four years later, let's change these four scenes. And, take the rape out of the rape scene. And I was actually still doing that two weeks ago. So editing know, right? never stops like, either. It doesn't. It's like, I feel like 10 years from now, we're going to be like, you're going to be like, Hey, so I was thinking, I did this thing. What do you guys think? I took, I took this out. I moved these things around. Oh, Hey, yeah, that's fucking awesome. I like it like that. I think we might be ready. <laughs> well, you know, that's, but that's, I mean, that's not entirely unheard. So like the, the, you know, anybody who, who knows the famous end light story knows that, uh, that my introduction to sort of the, the, the way that I met the first member of the end light family is when I met, uh, Daniel Ross, um, who's sort of my, my, my bromance guy, my, my, you know, hetero life mate. 
Um, the person, <laughs> the person, the person I love, like almost Ishmael is my wife. Um, uh, in a totally hetero way. Um, and right. uh, I met him doing a movie called Crawler um, with uh, Time Warp Films up in Baltimore, and uh, we both were acting in it. And this movie, I, I think we shot it. Um, gosh, we must have shot it back in like 2003, maybe 2002, maybe. And they're almost done with it. Wow. Okay, yeah. so I think we should all be happy for what we've accomplished thus far. Yes. No, no, we're fine. We we're still good. fine. <laughs> so, um, I mean, but I think with all these, um, like, revising movies, that's sort of while we're on that subject, you, the directors, you never feel like they're done. But then you sort of run the, the George Lucas risk of the world where, you know, 25 right? years after the movie comes out, you're you're still tinkering with it and probably... You know what Return of the Jedi needs? Return of the Jedi really, really needs a musical number. I think the Jabba Palace scene, I was looking at that and I thought, you know what's missing here? A blues number. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it. You know, you, know what, you know what I feel is missing as, as well? is I know that we've already established Jabba and, and why Han is in trouble, but, but I don't think we got enough through with Greedo, so I think we should just do the whole thing again with Jabba outside of the Millennium Falcon. Well, I and of course... If, and, we and, that scene, we should just put it back in. And 20 years from now, of course, Kevin is an incredibly successful lawyer with billions of dollars and, and, and can afford to really dedicate the time. And he's also gone crazy, which is why he puts the same animated musical number in the middle of the rape scene of, <laughs> of Quantum Suicide. Yes. People, that's why, that's people are watching it going, this? He puts in a CG sequence. He puts in a CG sequence, what I'm talking about, the memory of what happened. That's like this crazy, futuristic sci-fi thing. <laughs> like all kinds of weird animatronics or whatever. And just like completely but it's, no, but, it, but, it's, no, but it's badly animated, like like CG Jabba from, from A New Hope. Like where it's just yeah. a bad like you take a character who's been there. To feel like it's still at the, the right time frame from when we yeah, shot yeah. it. He doesn't want it to seem out of place. Duh. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. <laughs> that's amazing. Uh, Kevin, I have a few uh, uh, a few things I want to know because we ask this of everybody. Um, are you a Star Trek fan? Are you a Star Trek fan? Yes, yes, I uh, say. And uh, and which one do you like the best, and why? Huh. So I mean, define which do you sort of mean the the series generally or specific film or specific television show or okay 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 um, you are you are um you are only allowed for the next two years to watch one of the star treks um and let's say the series which series do you choose next generation why um because why? It's both. It's both. Uh, it's a, Justin, it's, call the fuck down. Back it's, it's, fuck a, off. It's, well, it's funny. It's, it's Alexia's and I. It's each of our uh, second favorite Star Trek series. Um, with my favorite being DS Nine. My favorite's DS Nine, and hers is the original series. Her third favorite is DS Nine, and my third favorite's the original series. But we can agree on our second favorite the next being the next second favorite. So, so why, what, yeah. what, why, why that one? So I, I've always identified with. Captain Picard, because it's one of the characters I sort of block to in film and television is are the uh, the philosopher generals, and to me, one of the things that Star Trek was always about was humanity's place in the galaxy, and I think one of the things that Gene Roddenberry did really well with 
the original series and with Next Generation is it wasn't just a sci-fi show about exploring space. It was a sci-fi show that delved fairly deeply on occasion into some fairly significant philosophical issues affecting humanity. And when you when you approach the next generation, I mean, you have Captain Picard, who is essentially this philosopher general. I mean, the Marcus Aurelius of space, um, who's oh, I both like that. <laughs> a, a military leader, philosopher, scientist, sort of all wrapped up in one, and sort of in a singular person, sort of personifies all of what Star Trek was sort of about for me. It was about philosophy. It was about thinking about humanity's place in the universe and the future of humanity is about science. Let's think about the boundaries of science, the possibilities of exploring the universe. And it was about, for a 10-year-old kid when I got into Star Trek, it was about a lot of space battles. So he was uh, sort of the person that was all three of those things. And um, so that was sort of the show that I identified strongly, uh, the most strong with. Now, I can see do, that. That makes sense. That's, I, that's probably the best description I've ever heard of Picard. That's really, like, you've thought about that rather in depth. <laughs> I, I think, like I, I mean, I guess, I guess for me, the, and, and I, and I and I've wondered this out loud on the show before. I, I really, really, really rarely watch Star Trek The Next Generation anymore. Um, and I don't know if that is because because I do watch, I will rewatch DS9 over and over and over again, but I think the thing with Next Gen that you can't do, that you can do with DS9, is I think with Next Generation, it's very easy for familiarity to build, to, to, um, to build con- contempt, as opposed to um, uh, DS9 doing that. Because DS9, um, even if you're rewatching it for the hundredth time, you're on the same roller coaster again. Like, you're on the same ride. So you get back to season one, and you're back at the beginning of what's going to be a huge long story. Whereas if I'm watching Next Gen and I'm watching, let's say, the Masterpiece Society, which is the which is the one where they find the perfect little society of humans that have um, that have like bred out blindness and stuff. Um, uh, and and when I watch that episode, I've seen that episode so many times. There's nothing in that episode to really get out of it anymore. I feel like I've, I've milked that for all it's worth. Whereas when I'm watching DS nine, I feel like I'm, I'm reembarking on a large journey. And when I watch That's next so gen, bizarre. Cause I, well, when, like I, when, I, when I, when I watch next gen again, even though I've watched those episodes like so many times, like frequently, I just, I, and, and with the original series as well, I just, I get so excited. I'm like, Oh, 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 it's this one. Do you know what I mean? Well, and, and it's I interesting. Feel like it sparks different conversations. Like, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I think that is part of it. I think I'm always finding something new or something I didn't realize. Like, so do you rewatch a lot um, like now, Kevin, or do you, I mean, I know you're pretty busy right this moment, but like in general, like, is there a difference? Like, have you noticed the difference? Cause I know I have, like when I watched like next year when I was growing up versus watching it like now things that I like missed and like things that I've learned along the way in my own life and how that's affected my viewing of it. Do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't religiously rewatch episodes. Um, occasionally, they'll be on TV, or I have a few of them on, on DVD. Actually, I have a few of them on VCR. Believe that. Um, oh, I don't yeah, know I how many of those exist so anymore. <laughs> um, but I, when I do rewatch them, because at this point, it's sort of like remembering watching them as a middle schooler, you know, 10 or 11 when they were originally on television. 
and rewatching them now as a 30 something adult, you, I think, I mentioned the philosophy, I think you catch on to the adult themes more, and I think they take on a different context. But I think I can concede that next generation episodes are fairly self contained. And the, the, the series isn't as much of a series where there aren't as many continuing plot lines. Um, I mean, as compared to, I think, Ron Moore, when you know he left Star Trek to write Battlestar Galactica, which is a similar philosophical underpinning as, as Next Generation in many ways, like that is this continuing roller coaster saga that, that Justin talked about. And I think that's more rewatchable. Actually, that's something I rewatch somewhat frequently because you're like re-experiencing the sort of same adventure all over again, whereas sort of the self-contained nature of, I think, the Next Generation episodes is very different. Like, you can appreciate the episode one-off, but what I sit down and, like, sort of rewatch all six, seven seasons, I don't even remember, like, seven. in back-to-back seven, sequence, yeah. I, I, you know, I don't, one, that would be incredibly time-consuming, and, and two, I think that's, I think it's a series better digested one at a time as opposed to, you know, the binge-watching you can do of Battlestar Galactica or Game of Thrones. I mean, I, I, the other part I wonder, um, at least for me, is that you know, having kids for me has often meant that when I'm doing a rewatch, I'm putting it on in the background. I am, I am very rarely sitting down, like plopping down with you know, with with a beer or some popcorn or something, and go, okay, time to watch this. Like I'm usually most of the time, I'm, hey, I gotta, I gotta clean the basement. What am I gonna put on? And then I go, okay, or I'm, I'm wrapping Christmas presents. That was the last time I really like binged DS9. So I'm wrapping Christmas presents. You know, I'm going to be here for three hours. Let's put something on in the background. And I have, you know, by the end of December, I've sort of Christmased out because I, I go nuts at Christmas time and watch every Christmas movie I can possibly get my hands on. Um, like I'm, I'm, <laughs> I, I'm, 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 I'm like, I'm, I'm at, I, I'm at holiday in, you know, at that, not the hotel, the movie, you know, I'm, I'm at, like I'm at like jingle all the way. I'm I'm at the third tier Christmas movies by the end. So occasionally I want to I want to <laughs> I want to break it a little bit now and 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 when, that's when I'll sit down and watch. Um, but I don't know that next gen lends itself to. Hey, it's it's the inner light which I can watch a million times, but I can't watch the inner. It's like you know the inner light is like the the episode the body on on uh on Buffy or or any of those episodes like that where like if I'm gonna watch it. Like I stalled out on Buffy, for instance. But the body, um, a main character dies on Buffy in the episode "The Body," and I'm not going to say who, but it's a tough watch. And I binged watch, um, I binge watched Buffy up to the episode before that because it was kind of in the background. And I got to that episode, and I haven't watched any more Buffy since then. Um, and it's not because I'm scared of watching the body again, even though I know it's going to emotionally wreck me. It's that. I know I need to sit down and watch that episode and I never have time to really do that. So I wonder if that's why DS9 works better for me the next gen. Well, I mean, actually, it's interesting you talk about that. I very rarely ever will have television on in the background or movies on in the background. I'll, if I'm going to watch a film, I'm going to watch a film and that's going to take my attention so what do you do what do you do when you're doing mindless work though when you're like your hands have to be busy and your I brain doesn't music, 
Um, I will either these days play with my phone or often music. Um, yeah, I'm with you. I'll, I, I'll listen to music. You know, if I'm clean, if I'm clean in somewhere, I I put on something really familiar where if I hear it, I can watch it in my head. So I can, my eyes can watch what I'm doing, and then my second brain can watch the same thing in my head without actually having to watch it. If that makes any sense. I guess it kind of yeah. Does, I mean, I other me than Lord of the Rings, I'm not sure I'm that familiar with anything. Yeah. <laughs> where I can I can do that. Um, I mean, I well, think I am that familiar, I think, but I think I just I pulled me in, man. I th- I think it's too engaging. Like I I get distracted. Like I've tried to do it, and like I'll I'll wind up just standing around watching them. Like fuck, I'm I'm, I'm supposed to be doing a thing. <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Well, <laughs> so I'll just I'll, I'll just put on the next one, and then I'll wrap these presents. The next one. Exactly. Shit. <laughs> okay, I'm just gonna put on the next one, and I'll wrap. <laughs> Shit. Yes, no. it's like that. It's no good. Uh, I get that. I get that. Um, uh, Kevin, can you, because uh, um, uh, we're sort of getting near the end of the episode, but I want to hear just a little bit about what uh, the quantum suicide of Sophie Miller is and uh, what the future is for it and, and when and where you think people can eventually uh, check out uh, what you want them to check out about it. Um, well, I think I don't want to go into the plot because one, I think people need to see the film. And two, I think describing the, the plot is a little bit of fruitless effort because it's incredibly detailed. And um, I think trying to sort of go through the plot is you don't really get a sense of what it's really about. If, if I were to describe sort of what I think it's really about, um, it's... Uh, yeah, so this is... Here, here's, here's, yeah, here's, here's, here's the way to put it. I am opening up TV Guide, and there's okay. So let me let me put it a different way. I am flipping through Netflix, and I finally uh, I see something called the Quantum Suicide of, of Sophie Miller, and there's a description of it. Um, s- tell me the description that's on Netflix that makes me go, "Huh, I'll watch that." So I mean. I, I can read you what's on the website. That's a sort of a paragraph description. Or I can sort of say this. I think the quantum suicide of Sophie Miller is about uh, Sophie Miller, a, a character who's been through a lot of hard times, um, suffered significant tragedy in her personal life, feeling professional uh, disappointment and um, frustration that people aren't taking her seriously. Um, but I think most of all, racked by guilt over something she feels is her fault um, and um, is to the face with this quandary of, on the one hand, questioning whether or not she has anything worth living for, and on the other hand, having this opportunity to prove um, a sort of wildly fantastic theory of physics that may or may not actually be provable, but if she can prove it, would be sort of change the landscape of physics and um, make her a hero if it's sort of only to herself. And uh, behind, I think, everything is this idea that she she grew up religious. Her dad um, blames her for sort of forsaking that, for not being able to accept his idea of God, 
Um, but at the same time, she suffered this loss. Her sister has died. And she sort of wants to come up with a way for her sister to live forever in a heaven-like sense. And the idea of, of quantum immortality, which can be proven through her quantum suicide experiments, is a substitute, in a sense, for the idea of heaven. Now, so I've, we're talking seen, about a, a, I've seen the film. Is, is it okay if, if, I, if I give you what my take was, having seen the film, of what quantum suicide means? Yeah, sure. All right. So, so the the idea is is essentially this: is that every decision that ever happens in your entire life, everything that ever happens to you, you can make a left or a right. You know, you flip a coin, it comes up either heads or tails. Everything has exactly two outcomes of what you can do, and every 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 single time you get into that situation, uh, both outcomes happen um, in sort of a split universe, mirror mirror type of way. In one universe, A happened; in one universe, one universe B happened. And a, the quantum suicide is the idea that if you have a gun with, you know, if you have a gun with 50% loaded and 50% unloaded and it's a revolver and you, and, you, and you turn it and you pull the trigger in one universe, that gun went off and you lived and in the other, or, or, and you died. And in the other universe, the gun did not go off and you lived. And if Sophie keeps doing that over and over and over again, she continues to exist in along the path of that, that theoretically someone is continuing to exist even a million times down the road on the path of the person who doesn't die. It's a one in a million chance by the end, but the person we're watching in the film is that one. Is, is that about right? Yeah. I mean, that's the idea, right? And that's so you get to that millionth trial and, you know, it, so any rules statistics would tell you that you've proven this notion of, of quantum immortality um, that right. That every, event that happens, you either turn left or right, or in, in the terms of the movie, the, the coin is up or down. And um, every event in your life begins with that, including aging, and including um, disease, so that in some universe, right, the, you don't age, because the coin flips one way, the coin being a, a quantum particle that, that somehow the spin of electrons and other quantum particles affect the growth of cells or the death of cells. All of so that. that stuff. It, so, like, theoretically, that's never triggered. Where nothing happens, nothing bad ever happens, and you live forever, right? Like, ultimately, that's which what is, you get. yeah. Um, so and I, that I, is I, in itself, right, uh, a what? substitute for heaven. There's a universe where nothing bad ever happens, and you live forever. And, uh, and that's what so, Sophie is one trying to prove the science of it, and I think two trying to prove that that her sister somewhere is living forever in this world where nothing bad can happen to her because the, the coin always lands head. Now, now I don't like, I don't want to say whether or not she proves it or whether or not the film says, I don't want to spoil the end of the film, but here's a thought. If she does prove it, does that not make Sophie, Sophie a sociopathic serial killer? Um, oh, wow! You always take it to a dark place, dude. I'm just saying, if she's, if she's if she's pulled that trigger a hundred times, it's she like okay. Some version of herself, 
yourself every time, right? Well, because yeah. like, okay, so there's that there's there's this great movie that nobody's ever seen called The Prestige, which I'm going to spoil the fuck out of right now. Um, oh, well, that's uh, a Chris Nolan. So, so turn turn this off right now if you haven't seen The Prestige or if you really want to see The Prestige. But at the end of The Prestige, the big twist at the end is you find out somebody's been teleporting themselves, and it looks like they've just been teleporting themselves, and it turns out that what they've been doing is kind of like like a transporter clone, like the two Rikers, like like has has created a transporter clone of themselves and killed the original. And you find this out because there are like tons and tons of originals who've died. And and in, in that sort of way, has Sophie not murdered all of those other Sophies? Well, I mean, but I she's murdered so. herself. I mean, I think, I mean, you know, it's not, she can't be a psychopathic serial killer because she hasn't murdered other people. She's murdered and also she's a fictional character which makes it <laughs> let's just be clear. which makes it better obviously <laughs> i mean i mean i mean what well, I, mean, I don't know i don't know what poor sap you got to play that character because that person must be wacky who plays sophie miller i, <laughs> I thought we were over this did we go over this i did <laughs> Because I am that person. That's like that's fascinating. I think she's just very fascinating. The movie, like so, so the movie itself is um, what a watch. I remember seeing it because I saw it um, at Clifton, and it's it's uh, it's it's very much a it's 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 a like we've hit the science of it right here and what we're talking about and sort of the the Star Trekiness of the film and what we just discussed. But that's it's not really what it's about. Like it's it is it is the. Yeah, um, I feel like much like Star Trek, it's more about the the human emotional experience of it, right? The expe- experience. Yeah, the experience of the science. It's like because what so what the fuck does the science matter if not for the human experience of the science, right? That's so the yeah. the no uh, yeah it's it's as much about Sophie's journey and I think also about sort of I mean all the themes that the film delves into. I mean the conflation of science and religion. So you, you mentioned the idea of mirrors and how mirrors, uh, alternate understandings of our own reality, repeating events in our lives. I mean, all of that is, is sort of brought up in the film. Um, you know, how Sophie sees these repeated suicide trials are occurring, but Sophie also sees events in her life repeating over and over in sort of a cycle of endless causation. And there's a lot of the use of science to uh, explain Sophie's life and explain um, how we see our own lives, how we live our own lives, and um, how things that seem really different are, in fact, uh, not that far from each other. So, so what is what is the future of the film right now? Like, is 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 it available for people to get now, or will it will it be? It's I because I I after seeing it, I I I don't really know what the next step is. So, what is what is the next step for you and for the film? Well, it's been sent to a film festival in. Columbus, Ohio, and we're waiting to hear back from them on whether or not they'll screen the film. Um, so we're going to keep, I think, pushing possible uh, professional screening opportunities, um, you know, for money, because, you know, I'd like to make some money eventually instead of just losing it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Um, but sort of be- beyond that, I mean, I, Daryl's talked about trying to get a film festival in Clifton off the ground. We might screen it again in Clifton. It's been significantly revised since the screening in Clifton you mentioned where the music wasn't even like completed and like some scenes weren't done and some scenes got eliminated that were in that cut. Um, so there, there'll be 
possibly a subsequent screening in Clifton. Um, eventually, I think I'd like to see the film put on the internet in some fashion where uh, people can sort of stream it online, um, maybe for like a dollar or something. Um, where, 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 where can where can people right now? Um, follow you and and follow the progress of the film if they want to if they want to put it sort of in their back burner of things that they want to eventually check out and and you know and to like or to follow where can they go and what can they what can they do yes yeah, so there's a twitter feed uh and a facebook the the twitter is actually sophie miller phd um i think the facebook is save sophie and then there's a website you can go to riverbendfilms.com um or uh, the quantum suicide of Sophie Miller.com, which is, you know, really long to type. So I just, just go to riverbendfilms.com. You can find the link to the movie on that site. Um, and the, and there's information on the website, on the Facebook feed, on the Twitter feed, or you can go to, um, again, to riverbendfilms.com and get to my YouTube page for Riverbend Films, um, which is Riverbend Films LLC. If you want to search me directly on YouTube and there are clips, trailers, um, I don't think the blooper reel is on there. I don't know that it ever should be. Um, but there's all kinds of content like that on the YouTube page as well. All right, so you, you heard it, guys. Like you, you, you've now met Kevin, and we've you've heard. You know, if you're a long time listener to the show, you've heard about this film forever. Go out, check out the trailers. Uh, uh, get hooked up on on. I'm, I assume that the the Twitter feed and the Facebook page are the best place to find out if a, if a screenings happen and when the film is finally released. Um, and to get in touch with Kevin, that's probably the best way to do it too. So like like go and 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 you know hop on there and show show him a little bit of love. Um, we end the show. Uh, um, usually letting Alexia do this, but uh, we will turn it over to you. Um, if Alex, do I have your permission to do this, Alexia, to to well, give it course. over just as for once Kevin, absolutely. So <laughs> we end the show every uh, every uh, week by saying uh, "trek off, bitches." Uh, so um, so I'm going to end. The sh- I'm going to say my name is Justin, and she can get, introduce herself, and you can say your name is Kevin. Then a big old trek off, bitches, from you. Here we go, ready? And that's it for trek off for this week. My name is Justin, and my name is Alexia. I'm- Oh, sorry, I interrupted. Can we start over? Yeah, okay, let's do it again. <laughs> Yay! Okay, here we go. <laughs> and that's it for Drake. My name is Justin. <laughs> and my name's Alexia. And I'm Kevin. Truck off, bitches. <laughs> <laughs> So you just finished the episode and you're like, hey, that was fun. I'd like more Trek Off to put in my ear hole, to put into my brain part. Well, that's really easy. All you got to do is go to trekoffpodcast.com. There's over 100 hours of Trek Off. It's free. Just go there, trekoffpodcast.com or search iTunes or whatever pod feed you use or trekoffpodcast.com. That's really easy. You can also like us on Facebook where you'll hear information about everything that we do. Like us there, especially hearing about trekoffmovie.com. That's our movie. We're making a movie based on this. The trailer's there. Links are there. Trekoffmovie.com, trekoffpodcast.com. Thank you for listening and trek off.